Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. We're excited for tonight. We have our guest on TJ Malkanji. Welcome to the podcast, bro. It's such an honor to be here. It's going to be a Always good night. Is. In person now. In, in person. person. It's so much better in person. Yeah, yeah. And we're in the studio setting. You know, we're preachers, so we're like, we feel contained in the studio. We want to get up and start screaming and shouting, but we're going to do our best uh, to still preach and to still be excited, but also we're in a very relaxed setting. There's dialogue, I think, TJ, that you can get here, but you can't get over Zoom or you can't get preaching or you can't get like sure. in our services. And so this is a different type of dialogue, a different style. You've never really shared your full testimony on the broadcast before. So tonight, I really want him to talk about how he overcame OCD because you didn't just have like, oh, OCD in your mind, like where you just, you were actually diagnosed on medication, like de dehabilitating, that's how you call it, Par yeah. paralyzed you. Like you yeah. couldn't function normally because of the OCD and the anxiety. And there's many of you watching, I'm just going to say this, you're struggling tonight with anxiety. You have panic attacks, you have fear, you have OCD, you have to turn the key seven times, put, put the light up four times. I mean, this is a real thing. And some of you say, well, it's not a demon, it's just a sickness. And some of you say, no, it's a demon, it's not a sickness. We're not here to debate whether it's a demon or a sickness. We're here to tell you God heals and God delivers. Right. And we believe tonight, as he shares, that faith is going to rise up. Some of you that were raised in church, I believe tonight, I just want to prophesy this, God's going to encounter you with his Holy Amen. Spirit. Some of you are going to get baptized in the power and the fire of God. I believe that God's chain-breaking anointing is going to be released tonight as we prophesy, as we teach, as we pray, as we share. The Bible says they overcame by the blood of Lamb and by the word of their testimony, the book of Revelation says. So I believe tonight faith is arising. Some of you have kids that you're going to share this with. You're going to send them this video that are dealing with this, and we believe tonight as TJ shares, as I share, that God's going to break that. So let's start with just how you were brought up, your upbringing. Were you raised in the church? Were you an atheist? I was raised in church, and then I became a, I wasn't a real atheist. I was like a poser atheist, but I was like, God's sure. not real. So I became that, but I was raised in church, and there's a lot of people that are raised in church, but they're not raised in Christ. They've never experienced that power of God encounter that we're believing for tonight, and everything changes, which we'll talk about when you go from just being in church warming a chair to the Holy Ghost filling you with his power and anointing you. So start wherever you want to start, but let's talk about it. And I'm, I'm super excited to have you on tonight. Yeah, I mean, I want to start off by, first of all, giving people a background as to why we're even doing a testimony broadcast. Testimonies are not just inspiring stories. Testimonies are not just, uh, you know, here's what God did for one. Let's just wish or hope that he does it for me. Testimonies are proof of what God is still doing on oh. the earth today. Testimony is not only proof of what God's doing on the earth today, but if God did it for one, he'll do it for all. Yes. God does not show any partiality in any nation of the earth. The one who comes to him, the Bible says he's welcome to him, and God will receive him. And when God receives you, you receive him. And when you receive him, you receive everything that he is. Peace, healing, yep. strength. Provision, everything that God has, he, he gives you when you receive him. So we're doing this tonight, and I want you to set your faith for those that are watching all around the world. I want you to set your faith, not just to hear a nice story and some, uh, good, some good story, some inspiring story, but set your faith in expectation that mm. what the Lord did for me 
And you're going to hear it in the coming minutes, like how I got healed. I didn't have anyone lay hands on me. Wow. I didn't have any, not that laying hands on anybody is wrong. It's a scriptural ordinance, James chapter 5. We, we, I lay hands on people. We pray the prayer of faith. But I, I got healed just listening on a broadcast. Wow. Listening on a broadcast, listening to a preacher talk about healing and, 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 and what God's plan for our, for our life is concerning healing. I got healed just listening on a broadcast. So I want you to ex set your expectation for that tonight. Um, because ultimately, Psalm 66, this is a scripture that came into my spirit before. It says that, come and hear all you that fear the Lord, what the Lord has done for me. Come, I extolled him with my tongue. And I lifted him up with my voice, and the Lord delivered me. And I believe the same God that Come delivered on. me 11 years ago now is going to deliver you tonight. Whether it be obsessive-compulsive disorder, whether it's schizophrenia, maybe it's bipolar disorder, yeah. I don't care what they name it. There's no name that can stand the power and pressure of the name of Jesus Christ when that name is, is spoken in faith. And so we're, I'm setting my faith that when we pray at the end, we're going to see a thousand people delivered of Come OCD on. Come on. in Jesus' mighty name. So I, I, got, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up uh, in a Christian atmosphere. I went to a, a, a local church in Montreal, and there was a lot of talk about God and uh, salvation. And there, you know, they spoke in tongues. They were Pentecostal. But there was very little talk about the healing power of God. I, there was never really miracle yep. healing services or deliverance services or anything like that. And so over time, I kind of lost interest in it. I don't know. I'm sure you're the same way, and I'm sure that's what yeah. led you to be an yeah. atheist. You don't want to just go to church to hear a good story. Yep. You can get that from a TED Talk. You yep. don't want to go to church just to uh, be inspired. There's a lot of things outside that can inspire you. People aren't going to church, you know, like some church growth seminars, it's all about... Uh, if you'll just get this new sound system yeah, or yep. if you'll up your music, if you'll get that concert vibe. As great as a concert vibe you can put in a church, the world's always going to outdo you. Yeah. Because there's more money there. They'll, you know, a Kanye West concert or, yep. you know, a, a Fergie concert. I don't know. I'm really outdated on <laughs> Fergie. the names. We're going back to 2010, 2008. But those, those, those guys and their producers and managers, they got more money to spend on that. They're always going to outdo and outperform most churches. So yeah. you can't, that's not what's going to draw people in. That's not what's going to keep people. Reinhard Bonnke used to say, the less of the Holy Ghost you have, the more cake and coffee you got to sell to get people in. And so that's what, that's pretty much what I, not to bash the church I grew up in, because they did preach salvation and they preached the fear of God and stuff. And that got sown in my heart from a young age, John 3, 16. That's pretty much all I knew out of the Bible. Yeah. You know, in Sunday school church, we never went through Isaiah 53. We never went through uh, Matthew 8, 16 and 17. We never went through like like real um, fundamental deliverance, healing scriptures. Yeah. You know, it's just the Beatitudes and all that. But there's some scriptures that I wish I had learned from a ch when I was a young child yeah. that would have changed my life. So I grew up in that atmosphere. Age 12, 13 years old, I pull away. I I, I break free. I go I go my own way. I left... Uh, I left the church and started doing my own thing, smoking, drinking, partying, uh, drugs and all that. And uh, it was downhill from there. Yeah. Just where you, you're 13 years old? 13 years old. And you're raised in church. And now you would you just tell your parents, I'm not going to church anymore? No, I didn't even say it. It just happened. And I they didn't stopped. force you to go? 
They did for a little say, bit. At 13, my mom was like, you're going to church <laughs> if you're living in this house. They did for a little bit, but after a while, it like e they eased off. Yeah. And it was just like not even a, it wasn't even a conversation on Sunday morning. So do you feel like you left that protection that we always talk about when you're in the house of God, when you're under a family that's godly, that's praying? I know sadly, like your story, there's many people that can relate because they were raised in church, but they didn't have that experience with God where people not experiencing that presence, that power of God, what, ma what, what makes God real to people? Like I think about, we sit in church and we hear growing up all about God, all about Jesus, and we are like, but when do we get to experience him? And they never give us an opportunity to experience the God Sorry. that we hear about every single Sunday. And the world says, well, we have something you can experience. We have drugs that you can actually experience. We have sex that you can actually experience. We have alcohol you can actually, and they give you this experience. Meanwhile, we read about a God that experiences people, heals people, touches people, speaks to people, delivers people, but we never have an opportunity to experience that life-changing power. Right. And I think so many people, they leave that protection of the Holy Spirit. They're in the house of God. They're in the family of God. And then the moment they turn, well, for you, it was 13. For me, it was 16. Because I was, my mom at 13, <laughs> no chance I was leaving church. She's like, you're going to be, I was at the purity conference at 13. But at 16, <laughs> got a job and was like, I'm going to just not go to church anymore. And I really did leave that protection and I didn't know it was there we don't realize it and then that was when you know my story was the devil tried killing me over and over again so talk about a little bit about leaving that protection you're 12 and 13 years old where did you go from there so in Joshua 7 when Achan sinned and took the gold and the accursed items that God said you can't touch God approached Joshua uh, God approached Joshua by the word of knowledge pinpointed Achan and he's because Joshua was complaining. He was saying, Lord, we just got defeated by AI, which was a tiny little nation. They had just defeated Jericho, which was like the America of the day. And then they got slaughtered by a little tiny nation. And so God had already given Joshua the promise that if you'll diligently hear my, vo my voice and walk in my commandments, if you'll, um, if you'll stick with me, your way will be prosperous. You'll have good success. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. So Joshua's perplexed. He cries out to the Lord, Lord, why are we getting defeated? You, already, you said you'd be with us everywhere we go. And God replied and said, there's an accursed thing in your, in, in your camp. And the Bible says, God said, you are now doomed to destruction. Wow. Literally says that. And he says, no longer will I be with you. God wow. said that. People think, oh, God's with me. No, God's not with everyone. Yes, yeah. he's omnipresent. Preach. But God said, actually, I think it's in 2 Chronicles 15. 2 Chronicles 15. He says, because you are not with me, I will no longer be with you. Wow. Zechariah 7.13 says that you have lightly esteemed me, and I will lightly esteem you. So... I know that's forgotten in America. We don't really talk about that. And God's with everyone. We're all yeah. children of God, yeah. no matter yeah. what. We're not all children of right. God. To as many as received him, yes. to them gave he power to become children of God. So that's what happened at that moment. I got doomed to destruction. It's, you know, you don't have, people think like, oh, my, they live a life of sin like I was doing at 13 years old and onward. And, uh, and then they complain, feeling, I feel like I'm cursed or I'm unlucky or whatever. But in actual fact, it's like if I was standing in a river, I can complain about getting wet all I want, but it's because I've positioned myself in that river. Yeah. So it's not God sending, oh, God sending a storm. No, he's not sending anything. I'm in the river and I'm getting wet because I've decided to stay in the river. Wow. If I got out of the river, I wouldn't get wet anymore. When you position yourself in a place and start to indulge and engage in habitual sin, God doesn't have to curse you. God doesn't have to send anything on you. Sin by itself carries its own penalty. Wow. Sin carries 
a penalty. Sin is a cancer that will spread unless you get to the root of it. The wages of sin is death. That hasn't changed. I don't care what they're preaching now. Grace covers all and all that. Grace, first of all, is not a license to keep on sinning. And you can live a life uh, totally detached from the commands of God, the instructions of Scripture, and just claim grace, grace, grace all you want. But grace is not a license of exemption from the holy standard of God. Grace is actually a spiritual empowerment to go and sin no more. So that's the mindset I had. Yeah. Grace, grace, grace. But you can claim it all you want. Reality hits. And that's what happened. I developed something called obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah, talk about that. Some people in the chat don't know what OCD is. And one thing we talked about the other day when we were deciding what we were going to do for this podcast was... I don't know if I've ever heard a testimony of anyone that said they overcame OCD or they had OCD and they don't anymore. And you see, like, I remember being young and watching on Dr. Phil or in Oprah, these people that had OCD and they couldn't leave their house and they had to lock the door seven times and turn the light 10 times. And it really is demonic. It really is ungodly the way it cripples you. And these people were like, I can have a job. I can't hold a relationship. I can't hold a job. I'm just crippled. I can't leave my house because I'm thinking if I don't do this three times, one lady was like, I had to back out of the driveway five times. Times yeah. and, that, and it just completely cripples you. The enemy just paralyzes you with this. Now, you actually have this. When did that OCD start? When did the ment they would call it like a mental illness. When did the mental illness start? And you started seeing like, man, this something's going on with me. It was like pretty much immediately after I left church. Psalm 91. Preach. He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The moment you leave the umbrella of God, you can't complain about rain hitting you. You can't complain when things start to go south and, and, and you know, life turn, takes a turn for the worse. He that dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide under the protective shadow of the Almighty. And that's when it happened. It's when I left the church. I left that covering. There was like a covering. Just yeah. being, just not even believing it, just being there had some sort of covering on me. I really believe that. Just sticking around, being around the, 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 the anointing and being around a place of worship uh, I believe had a level of covering on me. And the moment I left that is when the intrusive thoughts began to overtake me. Wow. And that's what OCD is. OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. And I know there's a lot of people that say like, you know, I wash my hands and stuff. I have OCD. No, you're clean. You're just a hygienic yeah, yeah. person. That's not OCD. Yeah. OCD is not being hygienic. Ho OCD is when it's, it's... Yeah, it's a joke a lot of times. Like, oh, you're just OCD. You're but, just OCD. But you yeah. were like actually diagnosed... Diagnosed OCD. OCD. And it's characterized by intrusive thoughts that plague your mind. Wow. So let's say you obsess. You all you, you have an obsession. So uh, let's say you obsess over health. You obsess. Your obsession is uh, the fear of death. You just you you have a, a fear of death, and so your obsession is on health. And uh, one thing I used to do just to like uh, give you an example is like for example, if I ate French fries, I wouldn't eat the part that touched my French my finger. When I ate the French fry, I'd throw you so you'd see a pile of like French fry wow. bits because I thought that there was like sickness in that part. It's totally irrational. Yeah. It's and it's that's why I know it's demonic. Yeah. And uh, if you read Romans 8, it talks about a spirit of fear that leads to bondage. Leads to bondage. And that's what it is. I had a fear of premature death. It led to a bondage where I was not free to do what I wanted to do. I was a slave to a satanic scheme and and a lying spirit. It that's exactly what it is. There's there's a demon lying to you that if you don't do this thing eight, dif eight different times or if you don't flick the lights 12 times before you go to bed, you ain't going to wake up in the morning. Wow. If you don't uh, if you don't close the car door 10 times, you'll have an accident that day. If you don't do I remember when I was like playing hockey and stuff and I wanted to make the NHL, 
I would uh, I would do like drills in my front 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 of my house, and if I didn't if I had like messed up one of my drills, I had to do fifty push ups, and if I didn't do the fifty push ups, I wouldn't make the NHL. Wow! So there and was, there's this voice telling you that. Yeah, and it's it convinces you, and even though in your head you think you know like this is irrational, this there's no correlation. Yeah, it makes between no sense. me closing a car door and a car accident happening. Um, but for you get convinced, you get totally sold and you buy the lie. And I had that from the age of 13. And so right onward, when you leave the church, this starts happening, starts happening like a flood, a flood. And, uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can do to try and suppress it. They can throw, I never took medication, uh, until I was like about 19 Okay. because I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Because I know that I've heard a lot of people, they took it, you know, 25 milligram dose, and then they were off the 50 milligram and then 100 milligram. And then it's like slippery you're slope. exactly slippery slope. And then sooner or later, you're just tied to the pharmaceutical yep. industry and there's nothing you can do to break free because you have to like you like end up learning to live off that. Yeah. Um, and for a great reason. And we'll get into my testimony in a second. Yeah. But I'm very thankful that I never got into that because it would have been harder to actually get the deliverance from God because I would have had the plan B while I got the medication, while yeah. I got the... So about 20 years old, I, for seven, eight years now, I'm taking drugs. That's how I used to... Just to cope with it. To cope with it. I'd smoke a lot of marijuana. Um, I mean, like, how people smoke cigarettes, that's how I would smoke marijuana just to dull my brain. Uh, 24, you know, as the 16 hours of day that I was awake, I was high. Because I couldn't, oh. I couldn't survive without it. I couldn't even eat without it. Because OCD is an anxiety disorder, so it's not just the intrusive thoughts and all that. It, it affects your stomach. Some people anxiety affects different areas, but for me, it was my stomach. So I couldn't, I couldn't even eat without it. I had to smoke before I ate, uh, and then I would drink. I would uh, just put my head in the world to try and suffocate the the, the noise of the lies and all that. But ultimately, it's just cisterns that are broken. Yeah, you're trying to solve a supernatural issue with natural causes. Exactly. So people are medicating demonic spirits. People are counseling demonic spirits. Right. People are smoking to quiet the voice or they're drinking. And we're saying all this. You're like, well, I'm a Christian because some of you are doing this right now. Some of you in the chat, this is the saddest thing. You don't even know that there's freedom available. No one has ever told you that you don't have to live your life with anxiety. You don't have to live your life depressed. You don't have to live your life with OCD and ADHD and all these mental illnesses the world puts on us and tells us that we have. We, the world has nothing to offer. They don't know what to do, so they medicate us. They do their best. But God says, I could heal, I could deliver. And some of you've never heard that. You're trying to figure out a way. You know, the book of Jeremiah says that a false prophet was characterized by someone that was trying to fix immortal issues with mortal, like mortal solutions. Sure. Like he's like, my people have spiritual issues and you're giving them natural solutions. And they were considered false prophets because they weren't dealing with the root of the issue. Like when you go to the doctor, the doctor is not trying to fix your throw up. He's trying to fix the sickness. The throw up is the symptom of the actual sickness. And for a lot of people, they're trying to fix the symptoms of, I have this voice, I have this thought, I'm trying to numb this and numb that. When really the root is it's demonic. The root is, this is not God's will for your life. And the moment you come out of agreement with, I'm always going to be this way. And I want to tell you, you're not always going to be this way. You're not always going to be depressed. You are not always going to be anxious. You are not always going to be having panic attacks, you know, doing the rituals you have to do, being addicted to the drugs you're on. Some of you are alcoholic right now with a bottle on your dresser as you're watching this. And you think, I'm, this is going to be my God forever. And I believe tonight God is giving you a clear word that if I've done it for one 
Will I not do it for another? If God has delivered and healed TJ, how much more can God deliver, heal you? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So this is really a message of hope that, man, we've tried to alleviate so many of our issues with drugs and alcohol. And Christians do this. They're like, well, it's not a big deal. It's just a plant, brother. And yet we're medicating something. We're running to something that yeah. is not healthy for us, that is bringing us down a dark path. So now you're doing drugs. At what point are you diagnosed? At what point are you taking medication? Like, did it get worse? Or what was that crossroads? Yeah, well, to add on what you're saying, the, um, the, the woman with the issue of blood had hemorrhaged for 12 years. And she had spent... All that she had at the hands of many physicians, she was no better. She only grew worse, meaning the doctors of the day didn't know how to solve the issue. And you can study John Hopkins University, which is a prestige university, especially in dealing with mental health. They don't know what causes OCD. They just released wow. an article. They used to think it was a lack of serotonin in the brain, but they just released an article. I'm not just saying this off the cuff. Yeah. I've read it myself, that they actually don't know what causes manic depression severe cases of bipolarism and OCD. They don't know what it is. Well, it's like those doctors that try to, to reach and uh, treat the woman with the issue of blood. They mm. didn't know. what If they knew, they would have solved it. They didn't know. And the woman with the issue of blood's healing can be traced back to a testimony. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says when she heard about Jesus, she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. Wow. Well, where did she hear? What was she hearing about Jesus? And what stimulated her to go and touch his garment? Like, why that? Why not just go say, hey, Rabbi Jesus, can you lay your hand on my forehead? Why did she touch the hem? Because the Bible says in earlier in the book of Mark that many were pressing in and as many as touched his garments were made well of whatever disease they had. They were made perfectly well. So word was going around that people were touching the garments of this rabbi that was walking through who claimed to be the son of David. And when they did it, they were made well. When she heard about that, and that's what I want you to do right now, as I'm telling you my testimony, be like that woman with the issue of blood. Don't get, I love how you said, people think like they're going to die like this. Yeah. Life's been like this for 10 years, 15 years. And my story's going to end this way. My story's going to end this way. No, life may not have started the way you wanted, but life doesn't have to finish uh, with the devil having his say. God, that's the whole story of the Bible is ordinary people, ordinary men, ordinary women who were backed into a corner, who had no way out. Doctors had failed them. Come doctors on, had given preach. up on it. And Come I'm on. not against doctors. I love doctors. Me too. Doctors want people well. I yep. want people well. But Eve, uh, an honest doctor will tell you there are things we cannot help you with. Yes. Depression. They can medicate. OCD. They can medicate. But it leaves you like a walking zombie. You end up walking around. Yeah. Uh, it's an epidemic. Dulled out. And it's yeah. an epidemic. Do you know this? I actually learned this. Some people say 17, other people say 20 to 21%, but 17 to 21% of Americans are on prescribed antidepressants right now. Wow. I know it sounds surreal, but that's a real statistic. 17 to 21% are on prescribed antidepressant. How many truly carry OCD or anxiety and just don't get prescription medication? It, we could be up to 50% of Americans struggle with some sort of anxiety disorder. I would say it's even more probably. Yeah. I'd say it's even more. I, I read a book once that said that the average anxiety level right now of a high school student is akin, equal to the level of anxiety in the 1950s a patient struggling with psychosis would have been diagnosed with. Wow. I mean, you look at these things, the amount of information, yes, yes. our brains are on overload. Yep. 
can't can hardly take it. And so more and more people are getting diagnosed with this. So I talking about diagnosis, I at 20 years old, um, I, I'm I'm having a panic attack. My heart is beating so that it's like almost jumping out of its chest. I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack in the chat. I'm sure if I said type one, there'd be a lot of yeah, ones that be, come in. You'd, you'd break the chat. The thing, yeah. But a panic attack is uh it, it, it's it's you feel like you're dying. You feel like you're about to go and meet Jesus. So I remember having several panic attacks. My my um And you're not a Christian at this point. I'm not a Christian. Okay. Um, I decide to actually stop smoking weed because I'm thinking this is maybe what's causing all of this. So I actually stop smoking weed. I stop uh, doing whatever I was doing. I, I go back to the gym. I just want to get like healthy again. I had been fired from my job. How you keep a job? Yeah. If you know half your shift, you're doing weird stuff. Yeah. How do you keep a job if you know it takes you three, four times the amount, uh, three, four the amount of times, the amount of time to, to yeah. accomplish a simple task yeah. that it would a normal employee. So I, I ended up, I was late always. I was always late, always late. Cause to take a shower, you have to do all these rituals, 12 minutes to take a shower and get ready. OCD. It's like two hours, it's like an hour. So I lost my job. I got kicked out of school. Grades were too low. I was smoking too much. So I, they kicked me out, uh, college. And, uh, at this point I'm hitting, I'm, I'm at rock at bottom. The bottom, rock bottom. Rock bottom. So I decide, you know what? My my sister, she was like getting her master's in dietetics. My brother, he's got a good job working his way up in a bank. I didn't want to be like the loser of the family. Yeah. So I said, I had no desire. Not one thought in my mind was, I'm going to go to church and be a preacher. Nothing. Crazy. I was just thinking. Come on, God. That's exactly. Yeah. I only remember. God. Actually, only I God this. can do this. Throughout those years, our church would fast 21 days beginning of the year. And I would always see my father fasting uh and i didn't understand why he'd fast you know the natural mind yeah, cannot it makes receive no sense why are you not eating it doesn't it didn't make sense to me and uh he would always just say i'm praying for you and i'd be leaving the house with a bottle of jack daniels it'd be like midnight i was going clubbing or something and pre-drinking and then my dad would just uh I, at like six seven o'clock when everyone was having supper i just remember passing by and he he wouldn't be eating, and he just said, "I'm praying for you." My dad was praying, and let this encourage some you, some come of on, you parents ahead. here tonight that are believing for your child's uh, prodigal children to come home. My dad was just praying that I'd get saved, Be like pretty yeah, much. That's what my just, parents always say. Just get him in yeah, the kingdom. Just save him, Lord. Just save him. Just break him free from sin. Give him a nice, good job. Raise up a godly family, and that was it. But God gave him way more than what he had asked because the Bible says in Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who's able to do far more abundantly all that you can ask, think, or imagine. Don't let the devil discourage you in thinking because your son is hooked on drugs Come on. that all God can do is just break the drug addiction and that's it. All God can do is just help him out. God didn't send Jesus to take the most brutal form of execution never known to man just so he can wrap his arm around it and say hope this helps a little bit god didn't send jesus just to help us a little bit god wants to blow your expectations out of the park some of you have children now that are addicts that are going to be turned to apostles some of you have children Preach. that are sinners that are not just going to be saints but they're going to be sanctified and set apart for the work of god some of you have children that the devil's trying to discourage you Get you to stop praying for them because things have gone from bad to worse to even worse. But I'm here to tell you tonight, 
There is a God in heaven that you can call on who hears you and who will respond, not just hear you. He'll respond to what you cry out to him for. I, I really believe that. So that's Come what on. happened. I'm, I, I leave. In the middle, you're in the middle of a panic attack. Panic attack. I'm in my bedroom in the South Shore of Montreal, and I feel like I'm going to meet Jesus. And like I said, I grew up in church. I knew John 3.16. So, yeah, I, I just got on my knees, and I, I was weeping. And I, I said, if I'm going to die, at least let me meet him as my, yeah, not my judge. Yeah. So Throw I, a quick sinner's prayer out real quick. Quick sinner's prayer. So I, I got off my bed, and I'm on my floor. And all I can think of to pray was just three words. I said, Jesus, save me. Wow. That was it. Some people think that they need like this Shakespearean dialogue with yeah. God. If he's going to hear you, like some um, King James, if you don't say these and thou's, then God's not not hearing you. But that's not that's not Bible. God doesn't care how articulate you are in prayer, how elaborate you are. He doesn't care how many scriptures you can quote in prayer. He wants sincere faith. That's all he wants. Sincere faith in his word and what he promised that he would do. And in that moment, I knew he wanted to save me. And I just got on my knees and I said, Jesus, save me. At that moment, I felt like a blanket. Come on, descend on me. And it just wrapped around me, and I felt the regeneration happen. I learned that term later on, but now I can yeah. pinpoint exactly when I was born again. That's when I was born again. I had gone to an altar. I'd prayed many times, a sinner's prayer and all that, but that was the moment that Christ came into my heart, took out the old heart of stone, and put a heart of flesh in me. Where From that moment, I was, I was addicted to God. Come on. I had OCD. I'll tell you how I got healed later, but it was at that moment where my obsession, it was Come not OCD on. for anything else. I had OCD for Jesus. I was obsessed with Jesus. I just wanted to do things that got me closer to God. And um, I started to love people. I didn't like people too much before. I started to love people. I started to get concerned with their salvation, which that's like one of the fundamental marks of salvation is when you actually care about where other people yep. spend their eternity all that happened nobody had to counsel me to stop drinking and stop smoking nobody had to say hey do you know that smoking nobody had to do any of that nobody had to counsel me on you shouldn't be watching those movies anymore it's like something just came on me where the i Holy just Spirit knew conviction exactly i felt like a soiled spirit every time i do what I used to do. And um, that's when I was born again. That's when I was born of water and of spirit. While having a panic attack. While having a panic attack. Wow. Peace in the middle of a panic. Wow. <laughs> now, were you instantly, what happened with your, do you start going to church? You tell your parents, I'm saved. For me, it was like the world's ending tomorrow. Everyone <sighs> needs to get saved. Like everyone, we're rapture ready, right? Because you get that urgency and you just start sharing your faith. Did you start preaching right away? Did you start, because everyone sees you now, you're this powerful preacher. You know, obviously you've been on my channel tons of times. If you guys see my channel, you've seen them before. Did you immediately start doing that or did your OCD go away? Talk about that process of now you, did you still have it or you're like, I'm completely healed and delivered instantly? I still had OCD. Wow. Because I, like I said, the church I grew up in, it was drilled into us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him would not perish, have a last life. So I had that one scripture and that gave me faith to believe God to be saved, forgiven of sin. I had no doubt in my mind God, God wanted to forgive my sins. I know that. So that's why I had faith to pray that prayer. But I never heard 
about the healing part of the gospel. I never heard. Maybe I just didn't pay attention in church. Yeah. I don't know. But I never heard about Christ the healer. I never heard about him delivering the demonized. And uh, Matthew 8, 16, 17, he, at evening, they brought to him all that were sick and he healed the sick and cast out the spirits with his word that it might be fulfilled what was spoken of by Isaiah, that he bore our sickness, carried our pains. I never heard of any of that. So what you don't have taught and preached to you out of the Bible, you become disqualified from partaking of that. Colossians 1.13 says this, giving thanks unto the Father who has... Um, Giving thanks unto the Father who has qualified us to become partakers of Come the on. inheritance. But then people leave out that last part, in light. In light. Light spiritually connotes revelation of the word of God. So our qualification to be a partaker of the inheritance, which part of the inheritance is peace of mind, health in your body, yes. strength in your spirit. But the Bible says we're qualified to be partakers of it in light. So the entrance of his word is what brings light. And when the word gets in you, when you, you know, faith begins where the will of God is known. If you don't know the will of God, you're not going to have faith to take, you know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent and the violent take it by force. You're not going to have that faith, that aggressive faith. You know, violent faith is not taught much. Come on. Right. It took a level of violence for that woman with the issue of blood to, you know, that in that day, that specific issue, she was to be in quarantine. And if she was caught under Jewish law, outside of her place of quarantine, she was to be stoned on the spot. Wow. It took a level of violence for her to say, I don't care what they, I don't care if they stone me. I'm not living like this one more hour. I'm not living like this one more day. I, I'm not going to live out the rest of my days struggling with this affliction that Jesus paid a high price yes, for me to, yes. to be free. So that woman had violent, a level of violence that she exerted when she went and pressed through the crowd. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. You're making a fool of, of yourself. Stop crying out to him. That's what they said in, in the Hebrew. Shut, yeah. shut up. And blind Bartimaeus, the Bible says, cried out all the more. That's violent faith. I'm not stepping down from the promise. I'm not backing down from covenant inheritance, covenant rights. That the blood of Jesus has given me access to. That those men that brought the paralytic to Jesus in Mark chapter 2. No room to receive him. Not even near the door. Most people in today's day and age, they would have been like, oh, well, Jesus, he comes by here. Yeah. We'll catch him next. Next time we'll get here early. No, they sawed a hole in the roof and let down his, their friend before him. And Jesus seen their faith. And I really pray that that level of faith rises in your spirit today. Where you're, you're going to have that enough is enough mindset. Where you're, you know, in Genesis, it has a scripture that I love. It says, it shall come to pass that when you become restless, the yoke shall be destroyed. Come on. When you become Get restless. restless. That's when you become restless. Are you restless? I don't mean just mean like this human form of restlessness where it's like, yeah, I'm tired of putting up with this. I'm sick. Become sick and tired of yes. being sick and tired. Yes. Hallelujah. Stop, become sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't mean this this passive form of restlessness. Oh, you know, I, I hate being like this. But in his timing, his timing's 2,000 years ago. He's waiting for you to take your Preach. plug and branch into his power so Preach. that that same virtue can flow into you. So I didn't know about that. Yeah, you just thought, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to have OCD forever. I'd like some of those in the chat that are like, 
God's will is not to heal me. God's will is not. And we're telling you guys tonight, it is the will of God that you are healed, that you are delivered, that you are made well. Now, we're not walking around guaranteeing every single person gets healed and everyone we pray for. We're students. Every person Jesus prayed for got healed, but we're not Jesus if you didn't know. But we're telling you, it is the will of God that you live whole, that you live healed, that you live delivered, that God sets you free from this because it's not God's desire. And if you're not careful, you can buy into this lie that it's God's desire to ha- t- that I'm this way, that God's teaching me something through this. Now, can you learn through trials? Of course you can. But is it God putting sickness on you? Of course it's not. Is it God out here making people? I love you always say, Jesus never was going around putting sickness on people, saying, hey, I'm just going to put some OCD on you or never. some cancer on yeah. you to teach you something. Jesus wasn't putting it on people. Jesus was taking it away from people. Right. And we have this twisted theology that says, oh, this is God's will for me to be sick and dying and to be depressed and to be anxious and to have panic attacks and to have this and have that. And then someone would say, well, what about Paul's thorn in his flesh? And Paul did pray three times for God to take it. And God said, I'm not going to take this from you because my strength is perfect in your weakness. And we've turned that verse into a theology saying, well, God wants all of us sick and all of us have thorns in our flesh. And there's much debate about that. Some say it was a demon. Some say it was the religious persecution. Some say it was his wife, which I don't think it was his wife, right? We know Paul wasn't married, but there's a lot of debates on Yikes. what, what, uh, what Paul's, what Paul's. I've never heard that one. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that a few times. There's much debate on what Paul's thorn was. But we don't turn that into a theology and say, God's out here putting thorns in people, trying to make everybody sick and so make everybody... I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the obstacles on my way to divine healing. Because you thought this was God. People, God wanted me to be OCD. People very close to me. Wow. Because there's people who got good hearts. Because they don't believe in healing. They don't believe they in don't deliverance. Believe in healing. They're like, you're always going to be this way. And they've got good hearts. They're yeah. well-intentioned. You know, they're... they're they're wrong, but they're sincerely wrong. Yes. And so sincerely wrong. I like they that. They try there's a lot of pre and I you know, when I got healed and we'll get into that, but when I got healed and and I was like really I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and called into the ministry, I told the Lord, God, I am not gonna be an excuse giver as Come a preacher. On. I'm Come not gonna on. travel my entire life telling people why things don't happen. I'm going to preach your word. I'm going to direct people to your word. I'm going to preach the Jesus of the Bible. I'm going to tell them about the gate of salvation where they can receive uh, where they can receive from you. I'm not going to come up. You know, the Bible doesn't say be followers of them who explain the promises of God. And there's a lot of people who try to explain why things don't happen. They got 16 volumes on uh, why they think God sometimes sends sickness, which by the way, Job 2.7, because everyone loves to use Job. They love to use Job. God put sickness on Job. God did not put one sickness on Job. Job 2.7 says, And Satan departed from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with boils. It was the devil. And for everyone that loves to use Job, and I feel like this is a word for somebody watching right now. For everyone that loves to use Job as an example, I'm just Job. I'm just Job. Historians believe that Job, first of all, was the story of Job. The account of Job is between Abraham and, uh, sorry, Noah and Abraham. Somewhere between Noah and Abraham. So though in your Bible it's in the middle right before Psalms, chronologically it's between Noah and Abraham. There's no Mosaic covenant. There's no Abrahamic covenant there. Job did not have covenant with God like you and I have covenant with God today. Secondly, a lot of what Job said in the book of Job Actually, he got rebuked for it at the end of the at, at the end of the yep. book. Job forty, God says, "Hey, Job, gird up your loins and contend with me. Let's have a conversation. You have spoken foolish things of me. 
God wow. actually rebukes Job for a, a lot of for stuff. Somebody. For a lot of stuff that he said. And then thirdly, I got more than three, but thirdly, <laughs> Job didn't We'll go fourthly next. We'll go fourthly next. It's like when preachers say, in conclusion. Yeah. Don't believe him. Five more minutes, 30 minutes later. <laughs> Job didn't have a Bible. Job didn't have a Bible where he can go to Exodus 15, 26 and say, hey, God, I put you in remembrance of your word. You said he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have a reference map. Fourthly, Job didn't have Jesus. He actually cries out Come in Job 9.33. It says that if only there was a mediator who can stand between me and God, who can put his hand on me and his hand on God and make peace between the two of us. Wow. Prophesy, Job. He cried out for a mediator. Well, we don't cry out for a mediator. We look back to our mediator. Yes. Christ came. One mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. The man, Christ the Jesus. Man. Exactly. So what he cried for, we have. And another thing is Job's whole ordeal. They estimate to have lasted between 16 to 18 months. There's some people, I've got OCD for 40 years. I'm wow. just Job. No, you're not Job, because Job got restored after 18 months. Come on. And then if you read James, you know, this scripture popped into my spirit last year, uh, at the end of last year, and it fired me up. I think I preached You have whole, an actual Bible, too. I have an actual Bible. You came Bible. with an actual paper Bible. Paper. Praise the Lord I for that. I love paper. James 5 and verse 11. Listen to this. James, who's Jesus' brother, is interpreting the entire book of Job. And I have to go through this because these yeah, are some of the it. obstacles that went through my mind. Yeah on my way to divine healing. Indeed, we count them blessed who endured. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. James, Jesus' brother, interpreting Job, says here's the two things you need to focus on in the book of Job. Because everyone loves to focus just on the suffering. Yeah. But James says, focus on these two things. One, his persevering faith. He never gave up. Come on. And then two, see the end intended by the Lord. How does the book of Job end? It doesn't end with Job died at 60 years old and he was poor and, 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 and totally messed up. And, you know, his life just went downhill from that moment. Job lived 140 years, more than what he was already. He was probably about 70 at that point. He lived 140 years extra, and the Lord restored double everything he had ever lost. James says that's what you're to focus on, the end intended by the Lord, that God is gracious and compassionate. So for everyone that's tried to convince you to think of yourself as Job, remember the end intended by the Lord in Job. God's not going to leave you in that ditch. Matter of fact, Jesus said it's an injustice to see someone tied up by a rope. It's an injustice. He actually said, which of you have an ox if it falls into a ditch? Yes. will not take it up out of the ox, even if it's the Sabbath day. You would, which of you would do that to an animal? And he says, how much more a, a child of Abraham? How much more someone that's been created in the image of God? God's not going to pass. He's not that... Uh, that Levitical priest that walked by the, the man on the side of the road. He's not just going to leave you stranded and broken and bruised. And, and the way the devil keeps people stranded is by getting them to believe exactly what he just said. I've got Paul's thorn in my yep. flesh or I'm Job. Yeah. Paul's thorn in the flesh, if you read the context, 2 Corinthians 11, you, you, there was no chapter or verse divisions back yep. in the day, right? So if you read the entire uh, 11, 12 in context, he actually talks about what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. You mentioned it before. Yeah. It's, it's persecution. Those Jewish persecutors that followed him from town to town. 
Stoned him. Stoned him. Left him for dead. Shipwrecked three yeah. times. Thirty nine lashes. Four, uh, three or four times. He. I mean, the amount of stuff he went through all through the Book of Acts is insane. And uh, and that's where he goes into. And so, in order, because of the revelation given to me to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me this story. To keep me flesh. from being proud. Keep me from being proud. You know, I always tell people that say like this because that's what's told me. I had a, a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. And at first, it was like, wow, I've got a thorn. Yeah. In the Oh, man. Yeah. All right. But but I always ask people now, I say, what revelation has the Lord given you? Yeah. Because he said the good. abundance of revelation. He went to the third heaven. He heard things inexpressible. Yeah. Can't even mention. So what revelation has the Lord given you? Well, have you read or wrote, written two-thirds of the New Testament? Like, Mom, he had something huge. It's pride saying, God gave me this to keep me from pride, when really it's like, I'm being proud saying that. Exactly. I'm being proud saying God exactly. gave me that. And so you thought your OCD, your sickness, and those watching, the, whether it's a demonic spirit, a sickness, again, we're not going to do an hour-long debate on his mental illness, a demon or not, because God can heal and God can deliver. Right. So there's your debate and your argument solved there. So you think this is a thorn in your flesh. How did you get from, you have OCD now, for those of you just jumping on, because we are live, so people are jumping in and out. You have OCD now. You're born again now, though. You're saved. saved. You go from being rebellious, doing drugs. You're born again. You're saved. You're seeking God. You're doing your best. Now people around you that don't really believe in God bless them and divine healing and deliverance and the power of God now, which God's kingdom is active. It's among us now. Emmanuel, the God that dwells among right. us. So here you are. How did you go from this is just a thorn in my flesh to I'm actually going to believe God, which is what we're trying to get you guys to. And we're going to pray for you guys here soon tonight, we're trying to get to that place of now I, I'm going to believe God for my healing. I'm going to believe God. Because the Bible, like I said last night, we actually do get something when we pray with unbelief and what we get is nothing. James says, you, well, here's what you could get. You could get nothing. So some of us are praying, getting no results, getting no healing, no deliverance, because we don't actually believe that God has our best interests in mind. And some of you don't realize that your needs are on God's to-do list. Like God actually wants to heal you. Actually, your, your, your wants and your desires and your pain are on God's to-do list. God is there broken with you, wanting to heal you, but God is not gonna bless unbelief. Like we have people out here, I always That's say, good. if you're not gonna put your money into a broken, out of order, a vending machine that says out of order, why is God gonna put his spirit in you? Why is God gonna bless you when you're out of order, when you're right. in unbelief, when you're in doubt? And so God doesn't bless unbelief. God doesn't anoint doubt. That's God really doesn't good. bless the fake you. Uh, those of you that are like, well, I just don't know. God's not out here trying to convince everybody. You, need, you already have the word of God. We already have preaching like this. You need to just believe. This is what the man who brought his son to Jesus who was demonized, He's like, the disciples can't heal my son. And he, and he says, Lord, help my unbelief. Some of you need to type that in the chat. You need to pray that tonight. I have unbelief. Like you've been this way, OCD, ADHD, whatever it is tonight, fill in the blank. For so many years, you actually can't even imagine life without this. And you can't even believe that God would do this for you. And you think somehow you have to earn this. And I feel this is really inspired by the Holy Spirit. You think you have to earn this, but friend, this is a free gift. Healing is a gift. None of us deserve it. None of us can earn it. This is the gift of God. Jesus paid for you to have this. Jesus paid the price. He took those 39 lashes so that you can be healed. And so tonight, believe the word of God. We're not telling you to believe us. Someone in the chat earlier was like, you guys have some weird theology. As we're quoting scripture, by the way, like <laughs> as you're in the middle of quoting like 30 verses, they're like, you guys have some weird theology. We're not telling you guys to believe us. We're not telling you to believe our theology. We are putting you to the word of God saying, believe the Bible. Right. Believe that everywhere Jesus went, the sick were healed, demons were cast out, and the gospel of the kingdom 
Not even the gospel of salvation. The Bible says Jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom and in the gospel of the kingdom, there's salvation, there's healing, right. there's deliverance. Matthew chapter eight, verse 16 says, and he healed the sick and cast out demons to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah, which was Isaiah 53, that he took on our pain, that his, our pain our, was put upon him on that cross. So the delivering power of God and the healing power of God was a provision of the cross. So when you don't believe that, when you're just, I'm okay with being sick my whole life, you're telling Jesus what you did on the cross wasn't enough. What, mm. I need more. What more do you need? Some of you are like, I need more than the cross, than the whipping post, the 39 mm. lashes. Like, wasn't that the greatest thing God's ever done and will do? God's done all he's gonna do in, in sending Jesus and Jesus dying. Now it's your time to attach your faith to what Jesus already did and take your healing. And this is not, listen, this is not some you who word of faith, grab it and blab it and all the stuff they preach of you could speak worlds into existence. That is not what we're preaching. We are preaching victory and faith because that is what Jesus called us to. Jesus said, this is what you need, faith. If you just have faith the size of a mustard seed. So are the people telling you that God doesn't want to heal you, giving you faith or giving you unbelief? Because you're only going to give someone faith or unbelief. Right. And if they're feeding you toxic unbelief, they're holding you back. So TJ had, God bless them, people around him telling him, you know, maybe it's not the will of God. Maybe, and I don't, TJ, I don't have to search to know. I don't have to pray. I don't need to pray for one second. God, is it your will to heal me? Because I already have a Bible right. that says, this is the will of God, that there be no sick among you, that your whole household. Like, I don't sit around going, Lord, is it your will to save my kids? Me and my whole household shall be saved. Right. As for me and my house, I already know it's the will of God. Why? Because the Bible says his will is that none shall perish, but every man comes to repentance. That for a long time, God overlooked ignorance, but requires all men everywhere now to repent. So we don't need to debate this, whether it's the will of God to heal or deliver me, we know it's his will. So now here you are, you're, you're starting to believe, maybe this is the will of God. Maybe I don't have to be OCD my whole life. And fill in the blank tonight, depressed my whole life anxious my whole life, addicted my whole life, strung out my whole life, uh, fearful my whole life. How did you get to that place? Tell us about your encounter you had where you were healed. And now, of course, you know, spoiler alert, you're not OCD anymore, but tell us how you went from that Christian filled the Holy Ghost. And I love that, you know, I don't want to say I love that God healed you after because you do have a strong story now where people who are already yeah. Christians that are like, well, I can't have a demon, I can't have a sickness, I can't have infirmity because I'm a Christian, but they're still struggling with all the things that those things bring. But here you are now, a, a spirit-filled, born-again Christian, still having OCD. Talk to us about that encounter. Yeah, so, you know, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Yes. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the baseline for, for healing. The foundation wasn't there. And so it was a couple of months later after getting saved that I'm in my living room, watching an evangelist preach on my iPad, and uh, I'm not in any way presentable. I've got Cheeto dip on my face. Come on, I'm the not, Cheeto dip. Uh, I think I have like a tank top on, and I'm in uh, South Shore, Montreal, and I'm watching this evangelist preach, and I'd never, ever heard this. Never heard it preached. Never, never even had that scripture quoted to me. And he starts to read out of Isaiah 53. And it says, he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was laid on him, and by his stripes you are healed. But when he said that, I had enough religion in my mind to say, well, that's the Old Testament, you know? Yeah. 
God doesn't do that anymore. We're in the New Testament now. You can come up with all kinds of excuses. And ultimately, those religious traditions and those uh, excuses the devil tries to pile up in your mind are aimed at cheating you out of the reward. Wow. Colossians 3 says, Let no man cheat you out of your reward through vain traditions, empty traditions. Let no man cheat you out of rewards. A lot of what's taught whenever healing is even brought up in the church is just empty traditions. Yes. They're Preach. not based on the word. Nope. It's based on, well, traditions. my experience has been different. My experience has been different. I don't care what your experience is. If it doesn't line up, Come if it on. contradicts Preach. the Bible, then it's not It's not going to be my experience. Let every man be a liar, yes. but God be true. Romans chapter 3, verse 4. So he pre he preached that, Isaiah 53, and I just said in my, my Live head, stream I'm, TV? What are you watching this on again? iPad. iPad, okay, okay. IPad. With the Cheeto dip. With Cheeto dip uh, okay. right down my face. So it really doesn't matter where you're watching Come right on. now. You could be in your car. You could be on your way to work. You could be watching this on the replay in your shower. It really doesn't matter where you're watching. God has no geographical restraint. He is the omnipresent God. He's everywhere. He can touch you. God will skip over a million different people to just get to somebody who's releasing their faith, turning their faith loose. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what you look like right now. Doesn't matter uh, what you're doing. You could be working out at the gym and get hit. Come on now. Get hit in your spirit and have get delivered, get healed tonight. So don't, don't you know, one of the things I, um, I try through my preaching to beat out of people's minds is the whole, I need him to lay hands on me. Wow. I need him to, to, to touch me. I need him. This, it's really, it's become like a form of idolatry yes. in a lot of time, in a lot of places, um, because they're not looking to Christ anymore. They're not looking to his word. They're looking to Isaiah's hand. And I'm not against Laying on of hands, as I said it before, I'm not against. Yeah, we both do that. We both do it. I, I've taken handkerchiefs off my my pocket, and I've seen people get healed of deadly terminal diseases in accordance with Acts chapter 19 and verse 11. So I've seen that happen. But the best and the highest, the more excellent way to receive from God is simply by hearing and believing. Luke chapter 5 says, the multitudes came to hear and be healed by him. To hear and be healed by him. Luke chapter 5, verse 17 says, And he taught them in their synagogues, and many of the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes came to hear him, and the power of the Lord was present there to heal. So as they were just hearing, as they were just listening, the power of the Lord came on the scene and was present there to heal some, to heal the people that were there. So set your faith for that tonight. I don't need a handkerchief. I don't need a hand. I don't, you don't even need the oil, and I'm not against the oil. The easiest. That woman with the issue of blood didn't have any of those things. Blind Bartimaeus didn't have any of those things. But what they did have was that violent faith I talked about. So that's what happened to me. I'm listening to that Watching guy. Watching that live stream. He's listening. Uh, he's, he's speaking out of Isaiah 53. And I just said, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, then he must have heard me in the uh, spirit because he moved over to Matthew 8, 16, and 17. At evening, they brought to him all that were sick and demon, demonized. And he cast out the spirits and healed all that were sick. That it might be fulfilled. Yep. And get this. Matthew he goes 8, back 16. and quotes Isaiah 53. Yes. That he bore. So all those people that say he's talking. It's not a spiritual. Come on. We didn't need spiritual healing, Isaiah. We needed spiritual yep. resurrection. Yep. The Bible doesn't say we were sick in our sin. It says we were dead yes. in sin. We didn't need spiritual healing. We needed spiritual. We were made alive together with Christ Jesus. And then Matthew, who's inspired of the Holy Ghost, writing 
hundreds of years after Isaiah, as he beholds the Messiah fulfilling his messianic mandate to heal the sick, he correlates that and says that was a fulfillment. Those people weren't getting spiritually healed. They got healed of physical diseases and demon spirits were leaving their souls and their minds. So he, he connects that and says that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet that he bore our sickness, carried our pains. Well, I sat there and I said, well, you know, that's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I had enough religion to say that. Well, that was Jesus. If Jesus were to come down from heaven and lay his hand on me, then that was Jesus. But then he must have heard me because he skipped over to 1 Peter 2.24, where it says <sighs> that he bore our sins in his body, that we being dead to sin might live to righteousness. And then the last part of that verse says, by whose stripes, and he puts a variant on what Isaiah said. Isaiah 53 says, by whose stripes you are healed. Peter writes, by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. Come on. Pointing back to the cross. I'm not looking to be healed. I saw right then and there. Because I was saying, Lord, in your timing, yeah. take this thorn away from me. From that moment, I knew the, the, the time to be saved was, and the time to be healed were both at the same time. Come on. The, the moment you decided to believe for salvation, God didn't delay it one bit. He gave you salvation. The moment I decided to, I realized, the moment I decided to believe for healing, it's all provided in the same substitutionary work of the cross. It's all provided in the same work of the cross. He bore, think of it, if all Jesus wanted to do was make, get your sins forgiven so you made heaven, and that was it, he would have just went to the cross, had his hands pierced, his feet pierced, yep. because it says he was pierced for our transgressions, pierced through for our transgressions. That would have dealt with the sin issue. He would have bled his blood out, he would have redeemed mankind. We are redeemed by his blood. That would have satisfied the demand of God's justice and his wrath would have been alleviated or, uh, or, or turned away from those that believe. That would have been it. But the Bible says he took a pit stop to the whipping post. Come on. He didn't go directly to the cross. He stopped at the whipping post. In Isaiah's day, when he's prophesying this, there was no whipping post. There was no crucifixion. It was hundreds of years after they came up with crucifixion. And Romans, you know, went through that... The, the, the whole procedure before whipping people and the crown of thorns, all that. And so Jesus was on a mission when he went to the whipping post. And that's what happened. The moment that man, that evangelist quoted, by whose stripes you were healed. And it just clicked in me. Like the light went off. Remember I said before, Psalm 119, yeah. the entrance of his word brings light. You know, OCD is a product of darkness. Come How on. do I know that? There was none in Eden. There's none in heaven. Wow. It's a product of darkness. God doesn't give it. He can't give it. He doesn't give it. He doesn't even have it to distribute it. So I know that's a, that's a demonic product. Sickness, disease, cancer. God doesn't have it. He can't give it. It's a demonic product. It came as a result of the fall of Adam, the fall in Eden. There's, none, there's no handicapped parking spots in Eden. Come on. There's no handicapped parking spots in heaven. And Jesus prayed, pray that my will be done on yes. earth as it is in heaven. Yes. So it clicked in me right in that moment that God wanted to heal me more than I even wanted to be healed. And right in that moment, I had a vision. I had a vision of Jesus tied to a whipping post. Wow. It was so real. And every time I tell the story, I feel the unction come on me of what I felt. It was like, anyways, I, I, he's, he's at a whipping post. His hands are tied up and he's got blood all over his face. And he looks to me straight in the eye and he says, TJ, I did this so you could be made whole. Wow. 
The moment he said that, it was like electricity that hit me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And like that woman with the issue of blood, I felt that I had been healed, like something snapped off my life. Wow. I got up from that moment. I went, I did the, the things that I would normally do that would take me like 20, 40 yeah. minutes. I did it all. I poured myself some water. I did everything. I went back to the doctor. He tried to, you know, I said, doctor, I feel better. I don't, you know, because he had prescribed some psychosis medication for me. And I said, doctor, I feel better. I was going to some counseling and therapy at the moment um, to, to, you know, help whatever with my thoughts. And uh, the doctor said, well, if you feel better, then there's nothing else I can do for you. And I just remember thinking, there, there ain't nothing done, <laughs> nothing on. you did for me in the first place. Jesus healed me. Jesus delivered me. And I'm going to spend the rest of my lifetime telling this generation that you can plug into that same delivering power and receive your own. Wow. Receive your own. So that's when it happened. Wow. And tonight we're believing that God's going to do that for you. Now tell us a little bit about you went from that just jump to now you're preaching now. So now you're completely, you have no OCD. You're completely healed in that mm -hmm. moment. So if you guys can catch that through a live stream with Cheeto dip, which I don't even know what that is, but I'll find out later with Cheeto dip on his face, a Canadian thing. He said Cheeto dip on his face, watching on an iPad and God divinely heals him from OCD. It's completely gone. Now are you telling your family, your friends, I'm healed, I don't have this? I mean, people obviously notice there's a difference in you. You know, you don't need no pills, none of that anymore. What was it like after? Were you telling people? Were you sharing your testimony? What happened right 100%. after? 100%. I was like a radical, 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 and I still carry that. Yeah. It's not like it dimmed down. I hate yeah. that whole thing, like... You'll settle oh, down after a few it, years. Oh, isn't it cute? He's so excited about his faith. That never happened to me. I, w I actually looked timid back then compared to what I am now. Wow. It should never dial down. Come on. Dial it down. Oh, you end up getting a little bit more mature. Your love for God's a little more. I, I don't, if that's what it looks like, I don't want it. Come on. <laughs> I Come don't on. want a mature love. I want to be radical. So that's what happened. That moment, you know, I was already very radical with sharing my faith when I got saved, but I still had OCD. But now it was like, you know what Job said? I have heard of thee with the hearing of my yes. ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Now my eyes. That's what happened. Like, I heard about healing at this point. You know, I was l listening to some stuff, and I'd heard of testimonies. And and I had, I had had an encounter with God in my room, my bedroom. But here it's like, I knew that God did, wasn't just interested in getting me to heaven. God wanted heaven to yes. come to me on the earth. yes. He doesn't just want me to get to heaven. Like I was saying before, if all he wanted was just to get your sins forgiven and you get to heaven, he'd have his hands pierced and that was it. Because that dealt with the sin issue. But he went to that whipping post. Come on. And took stripes. Those, you know, if you study the Roman whips, they had nine prongs. Yes. And each prong had uh, like hooks. And so when they would whip, it wasn't just like, a, you know, what we would know like a horse whip today. Where it was like a, a quick release. It would actually dig in to the... To the flesh and the muscular tissue and so when they'd pull out it would it would rip the muscle out so his back was most likely you could see his ribs you might even see some organs like he was destroyed the bible says he was marred beyond recognition yeah, yeah. people couldn't even recognize that's jesus his own mother probably could have I, I can't even recognize my own son so for those people that say healing is just a side issue I don't see it as a side issue. Come on. For those people that say deliverance is just the cherry on the top, yep. it's not. It's healing, deliverance is part and parcel with the yes. gospel of Jesus Christ. We are full gospel preachers. Your sins can be forgiven and your body and mind can be healed and delivered. So um, from that moment onward, I, I'm telling you, I sat all my friends, my close friends down.
rather than the coffee shops, wherever I can get them. And at this point, they already think I'm a bit weird because I started yeah. posting scriptures on Facebook yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. So like they're they're thinking I'm weird. I've been that I remember that scripture in Second Peter that talks about like when you no longer engage in the same wild yes. partying as them. They slander you. They slander about you. That really encouraged me at the time. Because it showed me, like, I'm okay, I'm not an alien or something. Yeah. I had family members saying he's drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. You know, he drank the Kool Aid. This guy. Meanwhile, they didn't care when that, I'd be at that's weddings what I'm with my mouth all purple from wine or whatever. Yeah. But then the moment I start getting you're not, intoxicated. You're not out of your mind whenever you're drinking, doing drugs, have yeah. 40 prescriptions, you're normal, and then you're delivered, saved, going <laughs> to church in prayer, and they're like, you're part of a cult. What happened to you? He's I remember I've told the story once a couple times before. I had this radical encounter, all my friends were talking bad about me in the city. You know, we were throwing parties and we were doing all this stuff. And now I'm over here throwing prayer meetings. And so I had like some of my best friends growing up were talking bad about me. So I found out. So that hurts. I'm like, I was raised mm. with these guys. These are my absolute best friends. And I was so discouraged. And I opened up, and I think it's to Peter, I think it's second Peter or Timothy, yeah. one of those. Peter, yeah. But I opened up to second Peter and I'm, I'm crying. I'm praying. I'm like, is this real? Should I just go back to the world? Cause I'm discouraged. I've lost all my friends. They're all making fun of me. They're all talking bad about me. And I'm just like, what do I do? I've lost all my friends. I open up the Bible randomly, you know, I was just saved. So I tell people, don't, you don't need to do that now to hear from God, but God will speak through, through opening his word. But I open it up and the first verse I read is Peter saying, of course. So I'm like, Lord, why, why are they doing this? I don't understand. The first verse I hear is of course, your old friends slander you and talk bad about you because you no longer plunge into the darkness you used to. Right. And you're no longer involved in their parties and their orgies, a bunch of different translations. Yeah. And so you're no longer partying with them and doing all this demonic debaucherous stuff. So of course they talk bad about you. And this is what Peter says. Of course they slander you. But I'm like, how is it that this book that's written thousands of years ago, it's 2011, I'm sitting here with this young 19-year-old discouraged saying, maybe I should go back. Maybe this, is un this isn't real. I open my Bible and then Peter's, through the word of God is talking right to me saying, of course. And some of you are like, Lord speak, but you don't read the Bible. And you know what TJ, as you're sharing, I just don't understand why are pastors not preaching this? Why are pastors not preaching God can heal now? Like yeah. every Sunday we should be preaching. God can heal you right now. And one thing we do at our church is we do an altar call every service and whether you need healing or deliverance or baptism, you can get it every service, every Sunday. So you can never walk out and say, I never had a chance to get prayer. Sure. We have a prayer team. If you need prayer, you know, we dismiss because we have a, ne a next service coming in. But hey, if you need special prayer, healing, deliverance, it's now, it's available. Sure. Now is the day of salvation, which your ministry is called salvation now, you know, literally says on your shirt. We have, but I'm just going like, why don't we preach this? Like, guys, why are you going to these dead, dry funeral home churches where mm -hmm. the pastor's preaching you out of God wants to heal you? And we rationalize, well, God didn't heal that little girl, so God must not be healing now. But I'm like, man, we need this bold preaching of the demons have to go tonight in Jesus' name. Right. The sickness has to go tonight in Jesus' name. And the beauty is we're not just sharing for, you know, we've been an hour and 20 minutes here on testimony. We're actually going to pray. Like, guys, we're actually, this is, this is crazy because a lot of pastors don't believe this or do this, but we actually are going to pray and believe That's that right. we're not just saying it, but Paul said, I didn't come in wise words, but in power and demonstration. There is demonstrating power in the name of Jesus, in the Holy Spirit. So we're not just talking out of the side of our net going, oh yeah, God can heal and God deliver. All right, guys, 
Thank you. Great broadcast. We'll see you in the next one. And that's where people leave it. And I watch some of these guys. I'm like, pray for me. Pray for us. Why are we stopping short of God can heal, God can deliver, God can redeem. So we're, we're telling you guys tonight, we're going to pray for you in a minute here. We're going to believe that bodies are going to be healed. Demons are going to be driven out. Well, you, we prayed last night, but guess what? Many of you weren't here last night. So we're going to pray again. And guess what we're probably going to do Friday? Pray again. And guess what we're probably going to do Monday? Pray again. And guess what we're probably going to do Tuesday? Pray again. And we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep interceding. We're going to keep commanding. There is a power to command things right. that are binding you to loose you. Luke 13, doesn't, doesn't this woman, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, doesn't this woman who's been bound by Satan for 18 years deserve to be loosed? Like, guys, don't you deserve this? Don't we deserve to be free? Don't we deserve, doesn't your kid deserve to not live his life with OCD? Doesn't your marriage deserve to not be full of mistrust and adultery and pornography and perversion? Don't you deserve to have a mind that is whole and well and healed and delivered? Don't you deserve to be able to think for yourself? Some of you are so used to that demon telling you how to think giving you thoughts that you don't even know what it's like to think for yourself. But guess what? The devil is a liar. We're putting him on notice tonight. There is healing power available. So sometimes we bring you right there and we're like, all right, goodbye. But it's like, why aren't we praying for people, TJ, in our churches? Why is there such this lukewarmness that is plagued? Isn't it the devil that wants to keep us silent and quiet? So man, we got to get back in our churches with pastors, with leaders to this place of prayer this place of crying out like pastors watching, and many of you do, we love you, but listen, we need to rebuke you. We need to rebuke you. It's wrong that your people are not getting prayer. It's wrong that deliverance is not happening Absolutely. at your church. It can't be this way. It can't be this way that our church is filled with sick people and there's never healing. It can't be this way that our church is full of demons and these pastors out here are, are too soft. What other way could I say it? Too soft to drive out those devils. How are you going to be a pastor and not have the, the power to drive out devils? How are you going to be a leader, a shepherd, and then when the wolf comes, you're just laid out preaching your night at the movies again? Like, dude, throw out the night at the movie series. Nobody cares. Throw out the series. Throw out the sermon and say, we're going to pray today. We're going to cry out for the power of God. Rise above this cultural Christianity, this wall, I could go hours on this. I'm sorry, bro. I'm taking long here, but rise above this lukewarm, complacent cultural Christianity of this get him in, get him out. Good looking Sunday morning. Like some of you, I'm, I'm just saying, I watch you out here on Instagram. You're literally just preaching from a script. You just have notes. You just read off your notes. There's no power. There's no unction. Leonard Ravenhill says, I don't know what the anointing is, but I know, but I know what it isn't. I know what it isn't. And there's so many out here. It's like, that's not it, chief. That's not it. I watched some of you preaching. I'm like, it's so dry. Like I said, yes, it's as deep as a puddle. I'm going like, there's no fire. There's no boldness. So my heart longs to see leaders, churches, pastors rise up. I'm not okay with our churches dying. I'm not okay with our churches just being bound and addicted. So let's, let's pray. If you want to, I know I went long there, ran, ran, went off on a rant, but I felt I'm, I was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say that. Pa some of you pastors need to get a boldness and go, I'm tired of watching my, my church ravaged by the devil. I'm tired of being a hireling. Just, just be honest. You're a hireling. Just go, I'm a hireling and I need to get radical. I'm not a true shepherd. A true shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. So tonight, man, I want that boldness, Lord. Lord, I want healing in my body. I'm believing Last night, I was going, 
Lord, I got neck issues. Heal me, Lord. And you know, the, the guys that are the heresy hunters that have no content, they're dry as cracker juice. They're on here, you know, and they're like, you have glasses, brother. You know, you're praying for healing. You have glasses. I'm like, Lord, I'm praying for my neck. I'm praying, Lord, heal me every time. So the fact that I still have pain in my neck doesn't say that God doesn't heal. I'm still praying every time, Lord, heal me. I believe it right now. You're going to heal me. So this idea like, oh, you're sick in body. You, God must not heal. Just go go somewhere else. Just get out. I mean, you, you, you're here for content. We get it. You have no content. You have no prayer life. You have no fire in you. But seriously, get to a place where you're like, this is for me. I can believe this. Right. I can have this. Talk to that a little bit. I know I went long here, and then we'll pray as you feel led for those that are sick in body and demonized as well. Yeah, this this uh, testimony came in from Sunday service. One of them, I don't know which one it was, but I didn't even. I don't even think I talked about OCD or anything. But anyways, this guy writes to me. I was at the service. It was amazing. The most. Um, he said I had suffered for thirty two years from D debilitating OCD Come and on. anxiety and was delivered on the spot wow. at this service. 32 years. And I don't even remember. I don't think I even laid hands on him. It was no. just the word going out. So I, I want I want you to realize, like this guy that just wrote in this testament, 32 years. That's a long standing And you issue. got healed on a live stream. And I got healed on a live stream. On a live stream. So here we are. That woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. That man in John 5, 38 years lying there in a state of paralysis. Don't let how long you've been that way mm, get you but, out of faith so that you, you, you don't believe it can change. Realize God created the whole world in six days. He doesn't need more than five minutes to deal with your situation and turn everything around so that you leave this broadcast tonight with your hands lifted saying, I got just what I wanted from the Lord. And I love what you said. Your, your, your desires, when you have faith tied to it, that's like God's to-do list. God has a to-do list. Uh, God has a to-do list. There's things he wants to do. I said it before. God is more, was more willing to heal me than I was at that point because I hadn't heard about it. But he was more willing to heal me than I was willing to be healed. Mm. And that needs to get, that needs to register with you right now. That needs to register with you. I believe that the Lord's going to do something do it, for many Lord. of you that are watching uh, all around the world, live and on the replay. Lord's going to touch you right now. And this long, this plague, this tormenting thing. The Bible says he healed them of tormenting spirits. This, that's what OCD is. It's tormenting. It's tormenting. I remember thinking to yep. myself, I'd rather just kill myself. Yep. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, the Bible says. Yep. But a good word makes it glad. The gospel is good news. Why is it good news? Because it tells the sick you don't have to stay sick. The gospel is good news. Why is it good news? It tells the sinner, the sinner you don't have to stay in sin. It's good news. It tells the, the depressed you don't have to stay depressed. Why so downcast in my soul? Hope in God. You shall praise him again for the help of his countenance. You know, I love what you said. People are preaching all kinds of stuff. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, I, Far be it. Paul says that just as Satan deceived Eve by his subtility, you should be corrupted from the simplicity of the gospel. Wow. That's what it comes to. It's the simplicity of the gospel. Uh, we ought to get back to that. Yes. He saves, he heals, he delivers. He saves, he heals, he delivers. I really believe that a lot of pastors, they, they, they go into these like 
endless series that do absolutely nothing because <laughs> they're disconnected. Yes, they're out of touch. Disconnected, out, out of touch, touch with yep. the average person. Yes, the average person they don't doesn't see the struggle. Yeah, you, know, you hear some of the sermons today, with everything that's going on in America. You hear some of the sermons on. Uh, here are six keys to better maintain relationships. Here are three ways for a better you. Yep. Like they're so out of touch, not realizing. Crash. There is someone on the third row yes. that has suicidal yes. thoughts, that has plans to kill themselves tonight at 1130. Yep. And if you don't lay hands on them or if you don't minister to them, that's it, man. They're going to die. And if they're not right with God, they'll spend an eternity in hell. There's people on the fourth row, a woman yes. who her husband just left her. She's got three kids. She's got to fend for herself. And she needs a word that's going to carry her through the week. There's someone who just got a diagnosis, terminally ill, has six months to live. Do you really think that they care to hear about seven steps to a better kitchen? <laughs> you think on. they really care to hear about three three ways for better time management? You hear some... I'm not kidding. Yeah. You hear some of the, the sermon titles... Uh, some sermons are just based on like what I learned on the recent Avengers movie. Yep. So what? stupid. Has have Using have you really Marvel instead of Matthew for inspiration? Preach. I like that. Preach. Like, have you really exhausted? It's impossible to exhaust the content of the Word of God. It's it's it, it's all based out of lukewarmness. And I made a decision, and I said this before, but I'm gonna say it again. I made a decision when God called me into the ministry, when God sent me out. And said, freely you have received, now freely give. Come on. I said, Lord, I'm not going to be a TED Talk preacher. Come on. I'm not going to be a, a an oral presenter of the gospel. The gospel was never meant to be an oral presentation. The gospel is a show and tell. Don't just tell the people Jesus is alive, but show them by demonstrating the, the power of God to your generation. Show them that Jesus is alive. You know, Teal Osborne. He had a, a, a real rough time in the ministry starting out. Went to India, preached a crusade, but he just taught. He just taught some nice things from the Word of God, taught about love and stuff, and he had no results. Nobody got saved, nobody got healed. And he went home and he complained. He said, Lord, how come? How come nobody got saved, healed, or delivered? And the Lord replied to him and said, I never called you to teach. I called you to preach. I didn't call you to just to explain the gospel. I called you to preach the gospel. Not explain the gospel. This generation doesn't need another explanation. This generation needs another demonstration, yes. a fresh demonstration. And that's what's about to happen. Let's today. pray for those. That's I what's feel about it. to I happen. I feel it in the right Holy now. Ghost tonight. Let's pray for those, TJ. Those that are sick in body, go for it. Let's just Hallelujah. pray. If you're sick in body, this is your moment. Be ready. Have faith. Don't be that watered-down, lukewarm Christian that's in unbelief. We are going to pray, just as TJ heard the word on live stream, literally got healed on a live stream from OCD that he had for years, Tonight, during this live stream, as we pray, we're going to stand in faith, we're going to intercede, we're going to petition God, we're going to wrestle, we're going to command, and we are going to see God do what only God can do. What marijuana can't do, what Jack Daniels can't do, what Percocet can't do, what pills can't do, wow. what morphine can't do, what medication, antidepressants, whatever the world's trying to throw at you. And they've done the best they can. We're not coming against doctors, nurses. We love you guys. Thank you. You're on the front lines. The world's done their best. 
We have the great physician, right. the master physician, the doctor above all doctors, the doctor of doctors, the physician of physicians. Now, Luke was a physician, yet Luke writes the most supernatural book in the Bible. So, good. so it wasn't that he was against the supernatural or that the supernatural was against the physicians. It was that God supersedes medication and this and that. God wants to heal you tonight. Now, we're not saying go stop taking your medication by faith. Do not do that. You need a doctor's report before you're going to try and do something like that. We're believing tonight that God's supernatural power is going to heal you, is going to restore you, is going to renew you. And then for others, which I'll have TJ pray healing, and then I'll just pray. You know, we're not going to pray an hour and a half like we did last night. Go watch that replay. Well, for others, we're going to command those unclean, foul, demonic spirits to leave your body tonight in Jesus' name. We're gonna take the authority Jesus Christ has given us. And you know what? All you pastors, I rebuke you. I rebuke you for not praying for your congregation. I rebuke you for not doing deliverance. I rebuke you for preaching a half-hearted, watered-down gospel. I rebuke you for being a hireling. You know what God's gonna do to you tonight? God's gonna wake you up tonight. God's gonna shake you up. Maybe you've never had a pastor rebuke you. Well, guess what? I'm coming tonight to rebuke you in Jesus' name. It's time for you to get delivered. It's time for you to get saved. I'm talking to pastors. It's time for you to get healed because you've been playing. You've been playing in traffic for so long. You've been messing around with God. You've been messing around with perversion and pornography. You've been messing around with someone else's wife. You've been dancing around playing games with God. You think because you have crowds and not, and I'm inspired by the Holy Ghost right now, y'all. I don't care what you say in the chats. You've been playing with God and God is saying, stop touching the ark. Stop messing with my presence, thinking you're gonna get away with this. The Bible says in the book of Romans, one day every secret will be revealed, that God will judge the secrets of men. So there are pastors creeping back here watching, lurking. God's speaking to you tonight. And, we're, and God is rebuking you in Jesus' name, saying, get on fire. Stop playing around. I dare you on Sunday morning to get, on your, get before your congregation and say, guys, I've been lukewarm. I've been complicit, I've been complacent, I've been in compromise, I've been preaching a watered-down Marvel movie gospel, and I'm, mm. I'm going to be the first one here. And I know a pastor that did this, and revival broke out. I'm going to be the first one here that gets on my knees and repents. When's the last time your congregation even saw you on your knees? When's the last time they even saw you on your face? And you want them to get on their knees? You want them to get on their face? You want them to repent? but you're over here arrogant Andy, not wanting to repent, not wanting to turn from your sin. You don't lift your hands in worship. You're in the back hiding out during the worship. You're there not responding when you have guest speakers preaching. You need to wake up hmm. pastors and leaders. We are so soft as leaders and pastors. And we're both pastors and leaders, we could say this. We are so soft in the church. God is gonna give some of you some strength and some backbone here. I really feel that rebuke tonight. God's gonna give some of you, get out of the traffic, stop playing around. It's time to mourn, it's time to repent, and it's time to seek the Lord while you can. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, seek the Lord while he can be found. Friend, there is a day, and get scared when I say this. You're like, are you trying to make me afraid? Absolutely. There's gonna come a day where you call upon the Lord and it's gonna say, this number has been disconnected. That's like the worst feeling when you call your old friend and it's like, this number is no longer in service. There is gonna come a day where you call upon the Lord and he's unreachable. Isaiah said, call upon the Lord while you can. Call upon the Lord while he's near. Because there, this is fleeting, friend. This is fleeting. There is coming a day where God will not respond. There is coming a day where the Lord will 
descend from the cloud on a cloud, a book of Acts says, and he will come back and it will be too late. There's coming a day where you're beyond the place of grace. And we need to preach that more in the church because we're out here thinking, oh, I have my whole life. Friend, you might breathe, you might have 10 breaths left. This might be the last night. You might, you might die. You know, in hell, they pray. There was a man in hell that said, go tell my brothers, go tell my brothers. Hell prays if I could only hear this one more time, if I could only respond to this one more time. There is a million people in hell saying, if I could only respond to that altar call one more time, if I could only hear that sermon one more time. Imagine the people in hell if they heard this tonight, if they would respond after, after burning for a trillion years and still burning. Friend, this is urgency tonight urgency get saved get healed get delivered tonight i know that was heavy bro but i feel it in the spirit man god is dropping something tonight god is doing something tonight so respond to this word tomorrow is not promised some of us need our urgency back tonight yeah, i think that was Jesus. that was for sure a word for let me let me pray and then all of you pray healing after father i pray right now i just feel this i pray right now god for those that are playing games with you for those that are i literally see an image of children playing in traffic for those that are playing on the freeway right now thinking that they have time gambling with their eternity. You know, the Roman soldiers gambled over Jesus' robes, his covering, and some of you are gambling with Christ's covering right now. You're gambling with your eternity by not serving him. I pray, Lord, convict hearts that now is the day of salvation. Well, how do I get saved? Acts 2.38, you need to repent right now, right now. Stop saying tomorrow. Yesterday, you said tomorrow. Right now, repent of your sin. Turn from your sin, acknowledge that Jesus did die on a cross, but the story doesn't end at his death. On that third day, he rose again. That The only tomb that's empty right now is the tomb of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Repent right now and say, God, I'm wrong about you. Repentance means change the way you think. You say, I'm wrong about you, and I'm going to change the way I think, and I'm going to turn my life to you, and I'm going to put my faith in you. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon the Lord tonight in your own words. If I could do this and I was an atheist and I was able to cry out to God and cuss at God the night I got saved, you can do this tonight. You can cry out and say, Lord, save me. Put your hands up right now, surrender. Put your hands up and surrender and say, Lord, save me tonight. Lord, deliver me tonight. Lord, baptize me tonight in your Holy Spirit. Ye shall receive the Holy Spirit. His spirit's poured out right now, pouring, getting poured out on all flesh. Don't miss this. This is a divine moment in human history. This is a Kairos moment. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I want to serve you. Break this off of me, Lord. Tonight, there's some of you unsaved. I feel the call to salvation right now. Salvation is now. Now is the day. If you are drowning, you don't need someone to save you today. You need someone to save you now. Many people say today is the day of salvation. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. Right. Now, right now. If, if you're drowning and a lifeboat comes by and you cry out, help me, help me, he, he, oh, I'll come back later. No, don't come back later. I need you now. You know, I heard a story of this person drowning in a lifeboat. Jesus on the lifeboat comes by and you're there drowning saying, why should I serve you? Why should I follow you? Some of you right now are saying that. Why should I serve you, Jesus? And here Jesus comes on a lifeboat saying, take my hand, I wanna save you. And you go, why should I? And then Jesus responds, because there's no one else coming. There's no one else coming. I'm the last lifeboat, I'm the only one. Muhammad's not coming, Buddha's not coming, Mary's not coming, Joseph Smith isn't coming. I'm the only one showing up. Tonight is your night, right now is your moment on the replay on the live to say, this is the last lifeboat for some of you. He's the last guy, there's no one else coming. Marijuana's not coming to save you, friend. Buddha's not coming to save you, friend. 
Uh, Joseph Smith is not coming to save you. Jesus goes, I'm the only one coming. Choose him tonight. Father, I pray over every single person watching this that is not a believer, that is not saved, that is not regenerated, that is not born again. I pray, Lord, that they would have a born again experience with you, that they would turn from their wicked ways and that they would serve you, God. Give them the gift of tears. Give them the gift of repentance. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. Lord, I pray that you would touch them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now. This is the moment for you to be saved. Now is the time to be saved. Call upon the Lord while he can be found. What? Call upon the Lord while he can be found. This moment is fleeting and you have a chance. We're literally throwing out a net right now to you. We're throwing out a lifesaver and you're drowning. Take off the money belt that's holding you down. Take off the addiction that's holding you down and turn to God tonight. God uses the foolishness of preaching to save men. It sounds foolish. We're just talking tonight and men's souls are being saved. But right now, somebody's being saved in Jesus' name. Why don't we pray healing for them as well? Thank you, Lord. The book of Mark chapter 5, there's a man who's called the Gadarene demoniac. And the Bible says for many years, they tried to take him down with shackles and chains. And he used every earthly method to try and tame the guy. And it didn't work. The Bible says he broke free from it. The shackles would break and he'd be oftentimes in the tombs and in the mountains, cutting himself with stones and screaming out, lashing out. He was a, he was a mental case. You know what we would have done today? Most places, most churches. Well, I have a, a good specialist that he yep. should go and yep. see. Or, I, you know, there's good a good therapist. counselor that would help him. I'm not against therapists. I'm not against counselors and all that stuff. But ultimately, as I said it before, a supernatural attack requires supernatural weapons to take it out. A supernatural enemy requires a supernatural weapon in order for us to be effective against it. And the, the attack is supernatural. Even if you want to say it's biological with OCD and all that, at the end of the day, the devil is the author of it all. So it comes back to that. The enemy is supernatural. But thank God we were not left in the dry to fend for ourselves. He sent weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And I believe mental strongholds are going to be torn down yes. once and for all right now as we pray. Jesus commanded that demon off uh, out of that guy in Mark chapter 5. And the Bible says within minutes, he was sitting clothed and in his right mind. It won't take more than minutes. It took, literally, it was an instant transformation. 38 times the word immediately is used in the Bible, in the New Testament. 34 times in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Everybody's always saying, in his timing, in his timing, in his timing. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried. Immediately, he was sitting clothed in his right mind. There's no better day. God's not going to push off till tomorrow what you're ready and willing to believe him for today. God's not going to love you more today, tomorrow than he does today. God's not going to be more willing tomorrow than he is today. God's not going to have more power tomorrow than he has power today to set you free. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5, weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We have weapons that tear down the strongholds of the mind. And he says, we also take every thought yes. into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to use the authority that's been given to us in the name of Jesus to tear down those strongholds. And then grace is going to come on you that from today, the thoughts that come, any thought that is foreign or contradictory to the word, 
You'll have a grace to take it captive to the obedience of, of the gospel. A peace that surpasses all understanding is going to overflood your mind and your heart from this day onward. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for your delivering power. I thank you that Jesus came and called himself Prince of Peace. I thank you that it's not your will that any should perish, and it's also not your will that any should be tormented or distressed full of depression, full of anxiety. Anxiety is not the will of God. Come Panic on. attack is not the will of God. I thank you, Lord, that what you did for me is acting as a billboard to a new generation, that he's still delivering the downcast, that you still deliver those that are, are, are in mental agony. I thank you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so, Father, as you said, freely you receive, now freely give. As you have deposited that power in me, set me free 11 years ago, I turn loose that same power right now. I loose it right now from this broadcast. I loose that power into the minds and the lives of those watching right now. Any form of anxiety, panic attack, fear. Come on. Uh, debilitating fear, paralyzing fear. Irrational phobias in the name that is above every other name. I bind any demonic influence in their life and I loose, I loose the shalom of God into their body and into their minds. In Jesus' name, I speak peace to every mental storm. Hush, be still in the name of Jesus. You have no right, OCD, to Come remain on. one more Come minute on. in their life. The same blood that was shed off the stripes Jesus took on his back is sprinkling right now all over your mind. That blood that paid the price for our physical health and our mental wealth, our mental health. I speak that blood over your mind right now. The blood of Jesus makes you whole. You overcome the devil of OCD by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of this testimony in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I put an end of that attack against your mind. Anything that was passed down generationally, it ends with you in Jesus' name. I don't care if they said, oh, that family's all depressed. You'll not be depressed in Jesus' Come name. On. I don't care if they said that family, they're all on anti-anxiety pills. You shall not have it in, in Jesus' name. I don't care if they said that thing runs through that family tree. You joined a new family yes. tree when you came to Christ. Jesus is your elder brother. God is your father. And whatever doesn't run through that family has no right, no permission to run through your brain, run through your mind, and run through your body from this day onward in Jesus name I loose the healing power of God in you top of your head to the soles of your feet the fire of God runs right through you and burns out anything that has come to contaminate you everything that was not in Eden it leaves your life tonight in Jesus name what is not permitted in heaven I don't permit it in you in Jesus mighty name in the name of Jesus Christ it burns off your life the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink righteousness peace Enjoy in the Holy Spirit. The anointing of God is lifting off that burden of OCD right now. And every yoke of mental bondage, every prison cell, I feel this right now, every prison cell of the mind, not every jail is physical. There are mental jails, mental prison cells. There's some people that are in physical jail that 
ended up finding the Lord in that physical jail. And they're more free than some people that aren't even in jail because they have a mental prison cell that they've been confined to. I speak by the anointing of God. Those prison cell doors open up today and you walk out free. The anointing is lifting up the heavy burden in every yoke, every yoke of slavery. You know what they used to use yoke for? Yoke of oxen. They would take a, 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 a device and put it on the, on the oxen and they would, uh, that would allow the farmer who's no, by no means stronger than an oxen, but the farmer would be able to guide and direct that oxen wherever he wanted, even though he's not as strong. Do you understand the enemy's not as strong as you because of Christ in you? He's not on the same playing field as you, yet he can de design yokes. And these yokes, if not dealt with, he then has some level of control and manipulation on your well-being in life. But that's why God gave us the anointing. The anointing was not given to us to endure satanic affliction and attack. The anointing was given to us to destroy satanic affliction and attack. And I see that happening for you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus', in Jesus name, name, we command every unclean spirit to leave these bodies now. They are not your home. We command you to come out now in Jesus' name. Every unclean spirit attached to OCD, ADD, whatever disease they've put you put you on, put said you had, we command those foul spirits leave their bodies now in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power. You have no authority. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are seated above Jesus. you. We put you under our feet tonight in Jesus' name. We are not defeated in Jesus' name. We are more than conquerors, and those spirits have to go. Every curse, every spell, I don't care what it is, we break it with the blood of Jesus. And I say what Jesus told the demon, up and out. I say now, up and out in Jesus' mighty name. The fire of God is against you, Satan. We sever your ties. We uproot you in Jesus' name. We cancel your plans. Every satanic spirit's plans are canceled now in Jesus' name. Go to the pit now in Jesus' name. Go right into the abyss. You have no power. You have no strength. The Lord himself rebukes you, Satan. Go now in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would do the delivering work. The Bible says that when a demon comes out, it's the finger of God's arrival. Jesus said, I cast out demons by the spirit of God. Surely you know the kingdom of God has arrived at that place. Friend, deliverance is God's fingerprint. It's not to be ashamed. It's not to be a feel guilt of. God is delivering right now in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Ghost, have your way. Lord, I just pray freedom. Spirit of fear right now. Miranda, you say your heart's racing. We pray that every foul spirit would leave Miranda now in Jesus' name. We're not negotiating with terrorists. We're commanding you up and out in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. You must go, not in my name, not in TJ's name, in Jesus' name. You must go right now. We renounce you. All PTSD, all traumatic, all stress, all spirits of suicide and death, go now in Jesus' name. Every spirit of infirmity, we command you to leave now. Go. Spirit of infirmity, go. You've been here for too long. You're a squatter. You don't belong here. You must leave. You foul spirit, go now. The blood of Jesus is against you now. Every spirit of trauma and grief, go now. Every spirit of infertility, go now. Every demon holding you back from what God's called you to do, up and out now, in Jesus' mighty name. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. Go, anorexia, bulimia. This is spiritual, friend. Go now in Jesus' name. Father, we just pray you would do what only you can do in lives. That God, you would deliver, you would heal, you would set free right now. 
Father, I pray that you would deliver this generation from the spirit of perversion. Deliver this generation from the spirit of homosexuality. Deliver this generation from the spirit of confusion. Right now, Lord, do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Have your way, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for delivering and just bringing breakthrough tonight over every single person watching. We bless you. We pray the anointing of God over you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.